Hey everybody, it's Ethan. Wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Contenders Clothing. Contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. At Contenders, they feature a collection of amazingly designed men's boxer briefs inspired by our athletic heroes and champions. Their boxer briefs use ride control technology, which prevents the underwear from riding up on the leg. Their design and creative partners are John and Mike Anderson, who are the founders of Tank Farm Men's Apparel Line and retail stores in Seal Beach and Huntington Beach, California. At Contenders, they also have an initiative called Everyday Contenders, where they give back to those who are fighting for something. The most recent cause was a second chance, and they're in the process of delivering underwear, hats, and t-shirts to Blessed Mary O Friends, which is a sober recovery assistance program. At Contenders, they really love to give back as well as provide great underwear, hats, and t-shirts. So check them out, contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 107 here in the second week of March 2017. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Here to talk about the results of WWE Fastlane 2017, the follow-up to that show on Monday Night Raw, and the build to WrestleMania on SmackDown. We'll talk a little 205 Live talk some scoops we'll give scoops on this show we don't give scoops liam we give spoilers that's right that's right never never doubt us we call the hardys to ring of honor and the second scoop involved you it was your scoop so i don't remember it but what what was your scoop uh my scoop was that roman reigns was going to win clean in the middle of the ring with the spear at fast lane whenever else thought the undertaker was going to get involved in that match spoilers yep uh, so yeah, big congratulations to ourselves. We're very proud of ourselves for how we did on last week's show. This week's show, I don't know. We got a, a mixed bag. Uh, a lot of people seem to have hated Fastlane a lot more than I did, and um, we will. I will not ask for big picture thoughts on it because I think our big picture thoughts will become clear as we kind of go match by match and talk about Raw. Uh, let's, so let's just start running down match by match. The pre-show, Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa beat Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar. It was fine. I didn't, uh, n- nothing I'm going to remember. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun little match. I, like I said last week, I am enjoying the, uh, the Kendrick Tozawa feud, uh, which they continued this week when, uh, Brian Kendrick brought out another guy named Brian Kendrick to wrestle him. It was a Brian Kendrick instead of the Brian Kendrick. Uh, I love clever little dumb stuff like that. So it was both clever and dumb, which is probably just pro wrestling in a nutshell right there. It's both clever and dumb. Little feud. I'm enjoying that. Samoa Joe defeated Sami Zayn in the main show opener. Um, They didn't get a lot of time. And I don't know, kind of weird to have the heel go over in the opener. 
Um, and I'm kind of baffled as to why they didn't get a lot of time when we had Jinder Mahal wrestling Cesaro later in the show and Big Show beating Rusev later in the show. And the show still managed to go to uh, like five past 11 or something like that. But uh, what did you think of Joe beating uh, Sammy by submission? Oh, it was fine. Um, as you mentioned, there's short as it did, considering they were trying to stretch out till, you know, they went till after 11 o'clock uh, on the East Coast. Um, I mean, I get you wanted to, you probably want to keep Joe over as this big killer. And so you don't want him going back and forth for 25 minutes. But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like if 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 that's the case, then don't go till you you can end at ten thirty. SmackDown shows end at like ten thirty every time they have a brand pay per view. I don't know why Raw shows have to go uh, at least you know near or sometimes past eleven. Um, so yeah, a little perplexing on the time, but just a a simple match to kind of keep the Joe train moving. Why is it that you know it strikes me that clearly Joe's the guy they're going with. I'm not necessarily against him beating Sami Zayn. However, um, why aren't there like two guys, two baby faces and two heels, say, at the level of, you know, uh, when he's around Zack Ryder, I don't know, maybe a little higher than the way they book Ryder. Somebody that's that level of over, that those guys can trade wins with each other in, uh, you know, some filler matches on the three-hour Raws on Monday and have a little bit of credibility so that when it comes time to <laughs> you're trying to get somebody over, you don't have to beat like your number two baby face. <laughs> I don't, like, why don't they do that? <laughs> you got me, pal. Um, they, they just don't book like that anymore. They, I mean, to me, I think they want Sammy to be that guy, but because of injuries and because of, the fact that despite their booking of him, he stayed over to a certain level. He kind of keeps finding himself in a, in a, maybe a higher slot than, than they thought they needed him uh, to be at. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very strange thing, but yeah, it's, it's kind of Sammy at this point, you, you, he's lost to, you know, Jericho and he's lost to Braun and he's lost to Joe and that's all fine. Uh, but yeah, you kind of need to, you need to give that character some some sort of credibility. Lost Owens on the the night after Fastlane, so it's like you really like you really need that guy because especially I mean he him and Owens was main eventing house shows over the last couple of weekends. It's like that guy you need to give that guy a couple of wins. I know I know it may not be that big of a deal, and the brand is what draws and all that stuff, so maybe it doesn't matter who's in the main event. Of uh of the house shows, but yeah, I mean you should you should be able to have a couple of guys. Why? I mean, yeah, you could have guys like uh, you know with the new day. Have one of them become a singles guy, and uh, you know you can still keep them together as a group, but have one of them kind of break off. Have you know have a big car you could feed to a guy like Joe, so that you don't have to sacrifice a guy like Dane, who is pretty important right now whether they realize it or not. Well, I will say, too, I don't disagree with anything you said, particularly about New Day, because if you're not doing anything with them right now, sure, break them up, or, you know, don't break them up, but uh, break them off and have them lose singles matches. No big deal at all. And for the next month, uh, we're getting ready for WrestleMania here. So 
I don't want to hear anything about guys being buried for the next month because unless you're in a featured match at Mania, you should be losing for the next month. So this for this next month, it it you know I don't necessarily think this is a burial of Sami Zayn or anything. I just wish that it was somebody else in that spot. I guess. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. That's that's fair. Um, I I don't know if you could <laughs> burials uh, are as you point out what happens to guys like uh, guys like Zack Ryder. Um, burial is probably maybe too strong of a word for Sami Zayn, but I think he could and should be protected a little bit more than where he is right now, considering what they need him to do. Gallows and Anderson de- defeated Enzo and Cass. They retained the tag titles. Um, kind of a clever finish, I thought. I th- think the execution of it was a little clunky. Uh, I don't remember who took the pinfall, but Babyface got his foot on the ropes, and the other heel went and pushed the Babyface's foot off the ropes, um, and uh, the heels retained. Uh, again, kind of just a television match. What do you think? Yeah, it was special. Um, people still love Enzo and Cass. They love the sing-along stuff. So those characters are kind of going to be over. You're, they're seemingly building to a, a multi-tag team match uh, at Mania, also involving Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, and that'll probably be good. That's a good uh, you know pre-show opener match to, to get the crowd warmed up. Um, yeah, no, no complaints there. I have complaints about, about the next 20 minutes of pay-per-view time, <laughs> which, went, which went to Cesaro beating Jinder Mahal, and Big Show in 2017, beating Rusev. (sighs) Look, if Big Show's wrestling Shaq at Mania, then, I mean, I don't know why everyone's so intent on doing that match, but okay, great. Then, yeah, he should win. But why (sighs) just Big Show beating Rusev in 2017 and what was a very one-sided match was ridiculous to me. And I don't need to see Jinder Mahal on pay-per-view again, ever. And this took up 20 minutes of time. What did you think of uh, those two? I don't know. Abominations is a little bit of a strong word, but these two abominations. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, you, you kind of take the words out of my mouth there. There's not a lot, not a lot I can add. Yeah, it was, it was dumb. Uh, Jinder Mahal is no good. And I guess he never was, but... Like it takes a special kind of talent to have a bad match with Cesaro, and he did. Um, so yeah, that that sucked, and uh, and then we had a. I mean, at least I guess at least Cesaro won. That's the positive I can take out of that. Um, as to the the show and Rusev thing, yeah, I don't, I don't get what it was. I don't get why they went so long. If they were just gonna, if show was just gonna like choke slam him and hit the punch and, and pin him. You know, you defeated him soundly. You could have done that in four minutes instead of nine or whatever it was. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was a strange, it was just very strange, man. It was a, uh, it just didn't make any sense. I couldn't believe I was watching these two matches back to back on pay-per-view. Um, I know it's, you know, I know it's nine ninety nine and blah, blah, blah. And you get three pay-per-views a month practically now. So you know, you can't complain about it. no, no. I'm going to complain about this. This was terrible. This was uh, this was a terrible twenty minutes. And uh, yeah, nope. I never want to see Jinder Mahal on my television again. And uh, I never, I never want to see Big Show wrestle Rusev again. So yeah, it was that was bad. That was bad. Everybody. We've we've touched on this a little bit, and I don't. You know, I'm not trying to get sued or anything. Not that anyone listens to this show, but. 
Jinder Mahal. The man has breasts and acne all over his back and is uh, yet somehow ripped to shreds, has eight-pack abs, and not an ounce of body fat. Can you explain Jinder Mahal's physique to me? Uh, what was you said to me on Sunday? Something about good old-fashioned horse steroids? <laughs> um, I'm just saying that, that that is a look since the 90s when baseball players and wrestlers were on stuff like stenozolol that you know that are veterinary steroids given to like racehorses that's all i'm saying i mean it just doesn't happen also he's like he's not like a super young guy like you don't like I, I need to walk a tightrope here. But, like, in your mid-30s, you don't just, like, suddenly get, like, jacked and ripped and, like, your body starts getting better. You know, like, after you hit a certain age, really, I mean, maybe after you get to, like, your late 20s, like, it start, it's going to start going downhill, man. Like, because drink, you drank some extra, you drink more water and you do a couple extra miles on the elliptical. Like, that's 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 chemically induced. Uh, it's the he doesn't pass the eyeball test as the saying goes I uh-huh, okay I've never been a very hardcore weightlifter or anything like that but um, just okay I'm 32 years old the wall that my body hit working out at age 31 just the difference between I really didn't start working out until I was like eh, 26 27 the difference between my body at 27 and 31 was so drastically, it was so much harder. I had to work so much harder to achieve anywhere near the same results at 31 that I did at 27. Yeah, so like the fact that, you know, <laughs> now I'm 32 and I have to work like three times as hard and I get like uh, 60% of the results. I don't know. <laughs> Life sucks, and then you die. <laughs> uh, Neville defeated Gentleman Jack Gallagher uh, for the cruiser to retain the cruiserweight championship. I uh, thought this was probably the best match on the show. What'd you think? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, it was a little slow to start out, but they and the crowd didn't really care about it. Um, but as soon as Gallagher started making his comeback. He, uh, the crowd just got the crowd and uh, they didn't lose it once they got it and they, they just built great and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was great. It was a great professional wrestling match. Um, yeah, Neville, <laughs> you know, both of these guys are awesome. There's uh, not not a ton I can add to it, but uh, yeah, these guys these guys are great and uh, that crowd, I think they were in Milwaukee. Um, not, not a strong crowd all night really blame them after having to watch Ginger Mahal wrestle. But uh, yeah, they were not a strong crowd, but they got really into this match by the end. Um, yeah, Gallagher's awesome. He's a great, great underdog babyface. They just told a really simple story of, you know, the big mean champion who is just outclassing this guy at every turn and the younger hungry challenger just doing everything he can and fighting. When he can't fight anymore, he fires up and, and hits another headbutt almost wins but then comes up a little short and a great shot of after the match of Neville celebrating on the ramp and then they flash back down to 
Gallagher just hanging his head in his hands. And it's like, it's like, yeah, it's the, you know, guys are supposed to care when they come up short in, in championship matches. So yeah, just great. It was awesome. Loved it. Roman Reigns defeated Braun Strowman, which you called on this show last week. This started slow, but by the end, I thought it was shockingly good. Roman worked his tail off and had, again, a much better match than um, by any right he should have with Braun Strowman. And yet another good Roman Reigns match on pay-per-view, and yet the crowd still chance to be sucks at him. Uh, what do you think of Roman and Braun? I think we might have a difference of opinion here. Yeah, I didn't really care for this match. Um, I didn't think it was like the worst match I've seen in all year or, or anything too dramatic like that. But I just thought it was it was boring. It was boring for a really long time. I was a lot of squeezing as uh, as our favorite <laughs> one of our favorite podcasts, host, Brian Alvarez, likes to say. It was a lot of lot of chin locks and stuff. Because thing with Braun with a guy. Braun Strowman, he but then when it's time when you want him to then work a 15 minute match, it's you know you got to fill the time somehow. So it's chin locks and nerve holds and stuff like that. So I just thought it was boring. Uh, you know the, the the power slam to the table and some of the near falls were good. I uh, I commend Braun for being a guy that big and taking a basically just a giant face plant belly splash. Onto the, onto the canvas. Um, I'm sure that didn't feel good. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was again not certainly not like the worst match I've ever seen. But yeah, I was really I was not impressed here. Um, I'm a I'm a pretty big Roman Reigns fan as far as the in ring stuff goes. It's probably one of his worst matches in a in a while. Um, again, it's like you have a really you have for again maybe that maybe you should grade maybe I was grading on too harsh of a, of a curve, maybe. Obviously, he wasn't going to have as good a match with Strowman as he had with Kevin Owens, or even even with Rusev. Uh, Strowman's just, you know, very... Uh, he's very limited. He, but, uh, you know, the important stuff, the big power spots were were all done pretty well. So, yeah, I, I'd give this a, a pretty solid meh. But, you know, it could have been worse. That's Maybe that's a, a good way to look at it. Bailey defeated Charlotte. Uh, Bailey retains the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte's pay-per-view streak is over. Sasha Banks got involved at the finish. Charlotte was has a had a legitimate gripe uh, when she came out on Raw the next night and demanded to be added to the WrestleMania title match. The psychology of this was backwards. I didn't think Bailey or Charlotte had their strongest night in the ring. What did you think of this? No, I mean it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Again, wasn't wasn't terrible. It wasn't the worst match I've ever seen. But uh, yeah, they they just seemed like their timing was a little bit off. I've seen them have better matches on Raw. I've seen them have better matches on pay per view. Um, so yeah, it, it just it it just seemed like a an off a uh, bad night at the office for for one or both of these uh, women. But yeah, the story doesn't make any sense. Um. I mean, I think the basic idea, and they tried, and I will give the announcers credit. I thought Cole had an above-average night. Um, not again. We don't we don't hate Michael Cole on the show. I think he does a pretty good job most of the time, at least when he's motivated to do so. 
But uh, I mean, he did he did his best to try to point out, and Saxon did as well that Bailey was not aware that Sasha was out there. So Bailey is technically innocent in uh, in in Sasha getting involved. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why it wasn't just a DQ. Like I mean, they they brawled in front of the ref, and the ref just kind of stood there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just it was just kind of a, a mess, and and then you had Sasha tap out Bailey the next night on on Raw to, to set up at least as of right now is just a triple threat match. Um, did we miss the night match? Oh yeah. I forgot to talk about my favorite wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Sasha beat Nia Jax with an O'Connor roll uh, of all things. <laughs> I thought that was a lot better than the Royal Rumble match, but nothing to write home about either. It's tough to have a good match with Nia. You better turn in those bedazzled boss sunglasses. How dare you? I'll do no such thing. <laughs> Hang on, I need to I need to adjust my legit boss hand rings. Oh, I, I'm not even sure if you're joking. Um... Okay, so here's a, here's a fun WWE shop story. So I ordered legit boss hand rings. Oh, I got two. I got two boss hand rings and no legit. What am I supposed to do with two boss hand rings? Yeah, you don't want to look like an idiot out there. Exactly. I, what? I, I just... Anyway, yeah. So Nia, Nia lost to, to Sasha Banks, and yes, it was it was a fine little match. Um, I don't know. What do you what are you thinking? Is is Nia back in the fray? She wasn't even on Raw this week, even in a squash or anything. Well, I don't even remember her being mentioned by the commentators, other than mentioning that Sasha beat her. So, have we are we abandoning the Nia experiment for a while? Is she getting repackaged, or they just want to leave her off TV for a week? I, I don't know. I don't have it. You know, we got four weeks TV between now and mania or three weeks, whatever it is. Um, I don't, it's not going to hurt my feelings if she's not in the match. Uh, I think it'll be obviously a much better match. If it's just the, the three women that are good wrestlers, I'm not against the Nia character. I think she has a lot of potential. She has a, a really good look and uh, very, she's very unique. And I think that's good. Um, but it's just not there in ring yet. Um, I don't know. I saw Bailey have a good match with her in NXT, and then not so much <laughs> on the main roster. So I I don't know. I don't I don't know what the answer is. I think I couldn't get a read on on whether this thing is just going to be a three way or a four way. Um, but um, okay, then time for the main event. Goldberg beat Kevin Owens in 21 seconds after Jericho came out and distracted KO. Uh, I know you did a poll. I was kind of surprised by how uh, I would probably classify it as a vocal minority of fans that absolutely hates Goldberg as universal champion. Um, I saw you drawing some parallels to Hogan's 2002 run, which I I could teach a uh, <laughs> I could teach a college class on Hulk Hogan's 2002 WWE run and. Um, all of the lessons that could, that could be learned from there. And I don't think you're necessarily far off um, with the fact that uh, the fans are okay with Goldberg until they got the title. And then it's like, okay, now you've overstayed your welcome. But what did you learn from, what did you learn from the poll? And uh, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on the last match on the show? Yeah. I mean, it, we all knew it was coming, right? Like uh, whether you, whether you, I mean, it's one of these things it was, we all knew what was happening. 
you know, I think this was this was known for months where this was going. I mean, certainly as soon as this match was made, and as soon as they did the breakup angle with Jericho before the match, you, you really had no doubt. Um. So yeah, as far as the match itself, it's it's what you it's what you expected. Goldberg hit a spear and a jackhammer, won the belt, uh, kissed his wife, hugged his son. Slapped five with the with the fans around ringside, like the great hero he is. Um, so, I mean, for me, it was everything. It was pretty much everything I wanted. Um, I mean, you could argue the execution could have been a little better. They did like the three or four minutes of Owen stalling before the bell rung. Um, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was all pretty good. But uh, yeah, there was definitely a uh, a portion of fans. I don't want to. I don't want to undermine you. If you if you don't like Goldberg as champion, that's a completely valid response. Um, but I did a poll, and uh, just to see if you didn't like the finish to the match, please just please explain why. And I gave four options. First option was you just love Kevin Owens and you didn't want to see him lose. Second option was that Goldberg is old. Uh, the third option was that uh, Goldberg is a part timer. Or the fourth option was just that you simply hate nice things. And the winner by a striking 64% was that he's a part-timer. People don't like uh, the part-timers holding the belt. And I got comments uh, about they didn't like it when The Rock was was doing it. They didn't like it when Brock did it a couple years ago. Um I had people just, I had a couple other kind of write-in votes just saying they don't like Goldberg because, as champion, because he can't wrestle for more than two minutes. And, I mean, I, and I, I, I would kind of argue that they're intentionally, you know, not, they're playing to his strengths. They're doing what they should have done the first time around. Because we've seen Goldberg in 12-minute title matches, and they were not good. Um, and obviously, I expect the match at WrestleMania to go a little longer. And you have a freak like Brock Lesnar. He's going to make that work. He's going to make it entertaining. Um, but yeah, like I, 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 uh, I don't, I don't quite get the backlash. But again, yeah, those are those are kind of the three things that uh, to compare it to are probably the, the Rock coming back and being CM Punk after Punk had, you know, set the the modern day record of you know four hundred some days as champion. And the Rock comes in and wins it, and then gives it back to Cena. And Punk is kind of left out in the cold. Uh, you had Brock winning the title, and then just kind of not ever being on television. And then you, yeah, you have if you go back to 2002, you have Hulk Hogan coming back, where he was getting these giant reactions. He was the biggest star on every show he was on uh, until he won the belt, and then people just kind of were were done. Uh, you know, he had a match with with Jericho on I think a SmackDown, and it's it's a good little match. I think it was on Jericho's one of Jericho's DVDs. But you know, the the ratings for that show did not do all that well. Um, so yeah, people were were excited to see him back. They liked him. They bought tickets to see him, but they didn't want to watch him on TV or pay per view win a win win the championship, be the top guy. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know what how you measure people's general response to Goldberg. I guess the, uh, the ratings over the next few weeks will, uh, will be telling, but uh, they were down uh, in the third hour, at least this week. Although I think Goldberg was at the end of the second hour or maybe even the beginning of the second hour. Um, so yeah, it's, 
I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see if if the if the backlash grows bigger. I mean, they were in Chicago Chicago this, um, for Raw, and it was a that's a pretty you know quote unquote smart town. And uh, I mean, they did chant CM Punk at him, but they also chanted Goldberg when he you know when he did his entrance and everything, and they didn't seem completely adversarial uh, towards him. And they didn't they kind of booed when Brock Lesnar f fived him. So I don't know, maybe maybe. We, by by the time we get to Mania, we uh, we end up like the WrestleMania 20 crowd, and people are just gonna boo both guys. I don't know. I don't see that happening. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was it was interesting to me because I was I was really excited, and I'm I'm I've been loving Goldberg uh, being back, and we, we talk about it every week pretty much. Uh, you know, he's the, the last real hero, the last real baby face in wrestling, at least on the male side, and. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it all, but uh, I, I did want to give credence. I did want to give a, a t- equal time to the opposition just to kind of get an idea of why people uh, people don't like it. And it does seem like the part-timer thing is uh, sticking in their craw more than that he's old or that they love Kevin Owens. Um, is there is there is there credence to the part-timer thing? Is that an argument worth making even anymore? Or is that just kind of this is where we are as a business guys are going to come in for short runs and then leave. And sometimes they're going to get the belt and we should all just get over it. What do you think? I think everyone should get over it. It's an indictment of the current stars that they have to keep going to the nostalgia. Well, to draw for WrestleMania, but WrestleMania, I think the smart fans think of it as their Super Bowl When in fact, it's really the casual fan Super Bowl. Excuse me. And this is a show for the masses. It's a show. I think the building in Orlando this year is only set up to hold like 60,000 or something like that. It's a smaller stadium, but this is a stadium show. You need mass appeal. You need, you know, Goldberg's still a bigger name than Kevin Owens. I'm sorry. More people know Goldberg than Kevin Owens. More people know Brock Lesnar than Seth Rollins or Samoa Joe. I mean, the sentiment, but I think, if you understand anything about business, I think it's extremely, um, I think people just don't get it if they, if they resent it that way, but I don't know. (laughs) Like I understand wanting it to be your event, but it's not your event. It's an event for the masses. Um, but anyway, uh, so we touched on Monday night raw and they were in Chicago and as smart crowds go, I, Usually like the Chicago crowd, but they chanted for CM Punk, who quit on them three years ago. Uh, most of the night, they chanted it at Stephanie. They chanted it at Goldberg. He quit. He quit, and he's not coming back. I'm, he quit. I'm glad he quit for him. I'm glad. I respect and like him, but he quit. He's never coming back. Well, actually, he is coming back, but no time soon is he coming back, so just stop. And uh, they tried their best um to ruin that show on monday but as far as building to goldberg and brock at mania we had the first angle there goldberg took a bump uh you mentioned <laughs> the build to the women's title match um sasha and bailey which i thought we wouldn't see till SummerSlam, we saw on raw with no build whatsoever and uh, it didn't exactly like uh, light the world on fire uh, what, what were your thoughts on uh, Monday Night Raw this week? I thought, uh, and there was a great cruiserweight angle, but what did you think of Raw? I thought it was okay. Um, 
Yeah, I thought the the Jericho Owens stuff was good at the start of the show. Uh, Jer- uh, Owens basically said verbatim which, uh, what I said when we were recapping the, the Festival of Friendship uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, it was you know he explained it all pretty logically as far as uh, as far as wrestling storylines go. Everybody's motivation makes sense. You have officially established that Joe and Owens are in cahoots, which of course then. Um, which I guess was already, I mean, you already knew it, but this is the first time I think they've been on camera together. Um, so yeah, I thought it was, uh, that was good. I liked the Goldberg and Brock thing. Paul Heyman cutting a promo is pretty much always awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, we can get into Undertaker stuff in a second here. Um, but say what, say what you want about him, uh, people in Chicago lost their freaking minds when the Undertaker's music hit and when he came out. Oh. And he did very he did very little, and they they pissed themselves in joy. They were uh, they were in, they were in love with with this balding old grandpa. And uh, can we can we, can we talk about that for a second? Like if you know if I, if I were in the building, I don't know that I would be losing my mind because I just don't generally lose my mind at wrestling shows like that. Um, but I would probably be you know standing up when Undertaker comes out. But sadly. At the end of this, he's going to have to have a wrestling match. And it looked like he nearly broke his body into a million pieces trying to take a bump over the top rope at Royal Rumble. The dude is in his 50s. I don't want to see him wrestle anymore. Like, I'm cool, he shows up here and there and chokeslams or tombstones somebody. Great. But at the end of this, he has to have a wrestling match. Why is everybody losing their minds? Yeah, that was a... I brought that up when we were go back to the Goldberg stuff for a second. It's like, well, you can say what you want uh, um, about Goldberg. It's like Goldberg can still hit his moves and still looks like a big giant monster, badass man is old and a little fat and balding and looks like every step he takes physically hurts him. Um, yeah, I think he took he took one bump off the spear at the Royal Rumble from Goldberg, and then he yeah he took the Roman dumped him at the at the Rumble, and uh, he looked yes it looked I was terrified for him I don't I don't want to see this guy take you know a Samoan drop and another and a couple of spears and probably go through an announcer table or something like I don't want to see that happen like it's 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 sad I'm sorry I know you love him. I know he's part of everybody's childhood, but it's time for Grandpa. To, yeah, like you said, yeah, have him come out and tombstone, you know, Kurt Hawkins once in a while. Have him come out and choke slam a couple guys and and do his pose and do his cool entrance every once in a while. Let him be. I mean, at this point, he is nothing but a nostalgia act. And uh, you know, we can get into SmackDown in a moment here, but I mean, the way he's looking, the way he's clearly feeling, like. I'm kind of okay with us not getting John Cena and Undertaker this year, or maybe ever. Like, I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want, I don't want to watch wrestling and be sad. Like, and that's kind of where we're heading with Undertaker at this point. He gritted his teeth and got through two pretty good matches with Brock that, uh, you know, a couple summers ago. Um, and then he, the match with Shane was no good. And then he looked, and then he looked like crap at the, you know, at the Rumble. And that's quick quick turnaround uh you know he 
you know, even if I, I'm not even talking about his cosmetic shape so much. I mean, I, you know, you can make jokes about that, but I just like, I don't want, I don't want to see this guy like get hurt and not be able to walk or you know, have, or, you know, hurt himself seriously. Like, that's not fun. I don't want to be sad and watch wrestling. Uh, we pretty much touched on Raw now, I suppose. Um, watch it. Watch he and Roman go out and have a great match at Mania now, and people will finally realize that Roman is actually a good worker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, I hope so. Anyway, uh, the, the cruiserweight angle. Austin Aries is a great man. I don't know if he's the greatest man that ever lived, but he is a great man, and that was a great angle. And I know you did another poll that you wanted to touch on on Austin Aries and the cruiserweight division and maybe raising the profile of that thing or whether he's being wasted there. Would you, uh, thoughts on the angle and then thoughts on what uh, the listener thinks? Uh, yeah, I thought the angle was awesome. I mean, the crowd loved Austin Aries and, uh, in Chicago. And the night before, I think Milwaukee is his hometown. So people loved him in Milwaukee as well. But uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's great. And uh, he showed up on 205 Live this week, cut a good promo. Uh, had a standoff with Neville and then wrestled, I think, Tony Nese in the main event. And he looked great. And uh, he was kind of instantly one of those things, kind of like when Neville first came back. Um, we go, wow, this guy is just on another level from everybody else in this division. And uh, so I just question came to mind. Just figured I'd ask it. I like doing polls. I like engaging the listener. And uh, just asked, uh, is Austin Aries, is he too good? to be in the cruiserweight division. Um, so I'll pose that question to you. Should he be wrestling AJ Styles at WrestleMania instead of wrestling Neville? Should he be, you know, mixing it up with top guys on SmackDown rather than wrestling these cruiserweight belts, wrestling for the cruiserweight belt? Selfishly, selfishly speaking as someone that has never watched one episode of 205 Live and who often only catches the Hulu version of Raw, in which the cruiserweight, uh, angles and matches are edited out of 75% of the time the, this week being an exception yes I would love to see Austin Aries in a main program on, on Raw or Smackdown but actually if I were booking I would keep him in the division for now I think it helps having a hot program there he's over I think because of his promo work uh, he's over at a level that none of those other guys are Neville is kind of there because of his ring work. And actually he's become kind of a shockingly good promo. Uh, but um, I think it helps having uh, someone that can, that can really talk in that division. And uh, <laughs> he's, he reminded me so much of Jesse Ventura <laughs> on commentary <laughs> on commentary on raw that, I mean, if you're going to steal from somebody, Jesse's a good person to steal from, but uh, <laughs> and maybe he's not even consciously doing it. But cause Graves Graves does it sometimes too. But yeah, I'm I'm fine with him in the cruiserweight division. How about you? Yeah, um, I mean, my initial thought is um, like this guy's this guy's just too good, and this is marginalizing him, and he should be uh, you know he should be given the opportunity to to be a bigger star, and you know be, you know there's there's certain guys who are kind of cruiserweight size who are allowed to be in the heavyweights, you know, quote unquote, like, like styles or, or Finn Balor or guys like that. Part of me thinks like, yeah, Aries should be in that group too, because he's so good. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of, the more I thought about it today, um, the more I've, I've, I've kind of come around to, he will help get this division over. And 
uh, he will help whoever he is feuding with or wrestling on 205 Live and Raw. He will get start to get them over. And they, 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 they're starting to figure out what we talked about months ago, what everyone else figured out about the same thing with the, you know, the Divas Revolution of a couple of years ago where they tried to just throw everybody out at once and go, these guys are slightly smaller, so like them. Uh, you know, and look at they do one or two more flips than the main eventers do occasionally. Um, and people just didn't care. And so now you've started to build up people's characters and you started to get guys over. You've gotten Neville over very well. You got Jack Gallagher over pretty well. Uh, even Rich Swan and uh, Akira Tozawa with his, uh, you know, he, he has the, the chant that he does during his matches and people like. People love sing-along stuff, so he's starting to get over a little bit with his feud with Brian Kendrick. So they're doing, uh, they're starting to figure out, okay, as well as as well as having good wrestling matches, it's not you know you need to have personalities involved. I mean, you think of the people everybody remembers as being you know the greatest cruiserweights from the WCW era, where it's no coincidence that those guys are you know Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio who were not only some of the most spectacular athletes and greatest wrestlers of all time, but they were also all, at least in the case of like Eddie and Jericho, were incredible promos as well. Um, Eddie kind of took Eddie a little longer to kind of break into the main event level of promos. But, you know, it's, you got to have, you got to be able to, I mean, it's, it's that stupid stuff they always talk about. You got you to learn how to connect with your audience and all that. But, uh, yeah, so uh, for the record, the, the poll... Uh, 67% of uh, our listener uh, thought that, yeah, he should be out of the cruiserweight division. Uh, 22% said, no, he should stay there. And I think 11% said they didn't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. So, yeah, I think for at least for right now, um, he will help the division. And if he wasn't in the division right now, I don't, they probably just, he'd be a body in the Andre Battle Royal. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think he's going to help that show and help cruiserweight segments in general. I think he he's going to help get that division off the ground a little more. Randy Orton beat AJ Styles in the main event of SmackDown to secure his spot in the main event of WrestleMania against Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship. This was a notch below what I expected from Randy Orton and AJ Styles, but. Um, there might be a reason for that, I suppose. Uh, Alexa Bliss has been booked against the entire SmackDown women's division. And uh, anything else I'm missing from SmackDown? And what are your thoughts on Randy and AJ and uh, the rest of SmackDown Live this week? Only random SmackDown things. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I don't know if we talked about it on the show at all, but the Usos cut like a really awesome promo on American Alpha um, where they came out of the crowd and they were just shouting and doing crazy stuff. And it was awesome, and everybody, and it was kind of getting shared online a little bit. And people were going, "Oh my gosh, the Usos have personality." Um, and then I don't think either Al- the American Alpha or the Usos have been on television since, so that's kind of weird. Uh, I guess maybe some, I guess they maybe, guess they were sorry. Maybe somebody saw the Usos on Talking Smack that very same week and realized these guys should not be let near a microphone ever again. Their performance on that show was awful. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 kind of hit and miss, but I, I did really like their promo on SmackDown. Um, I I mean that's probably uh maybe they just figure they already kind of have that match set up and that'll be the 
a pre-show match for WrestleMania, so they don't really have to do that much more. But, uh, you know, SmackDown, SmackDown, uh, I could use a three or four minute American Alpha match every week in my life if I'm going to watch SmackDown every week. Um, so I'd like to see more American Alpha on my television. Uh, outside of that, yeah, the, the women's stuff was fine. You had Mickey James turning on Alexa Bliss and, uh, and, uh, kind of setting up new challengers for Alexa because with Naomi Hurt, uh, Becky Lynch is the only baby face on the show. I guess you have Nikki Bella too, but she's otherwise occupied. So yeah, uh, Alexa Bliss is really awesome. It really kind of hit me. Um, uh, talking about women on this show is kind of more your thing, but, uh, what, <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry. Uh, um, but, uh, I just, just want to mention, uh, Alexa Bliss. And that's, that's not a, that's not a newsflash, uh, on a promo, on a promo level, on a character level, she might be the best woman in that whole company. Um, Sasha's really, she gets it. Sasha's really good. Charlotte's it. really good. Uh, you know, there's a lot of very good people. Becky's good at playing her character, but she's kind of just on another level. The way she delivers her lines, the looks she gives, she gets other people over. I think people want to see her get beat up. She's, you know, the way her facials when she's, you know, cutting her promos, she's just, she's the perfect kind of mean girl, condescending person. And now as the champion that you just want to see somebody knock her off her pedestal. So, yeah, big thumbs up to everything Alexa Bliss is doing. Just just everything she does. Just good job. I mean, maybe work on the wrestling a little bit, but from a character standpoint, uh, especially, she's she's awesome. So that's that's probably not breaking news, but I don't think I talked about it yet. So it's Are great. you a Bliss are you a Bliss fit? Uh I'm not gonna buy that skull hand thing that she wears and wear it to wrestling events if that's what you mean. Um who would buy like hand jewelry and wear it to an event? That yeah, a, a, a weird, a weird, a weird person would do that. Um, yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, yeah, main event was fine. Uh, Randy and AJ Styles are awesome professional wrestlers, and they seem to me pretty clearly holding back. I get the feeling we're going to see these guys wrestle on pay per view probably a few times this year. So there will be plenty of times for kickouts and different wacky counters and RKOs and styles clashes and stuff like that. Um, just really simple match. AJ worked over the leg for a long time and put him in the calf. Is it the calf slicer they call it now? I know it used to be the calf yeah. killer. They call it the calf crusher. Crusher, right. Um, anyway, not that that matters. But, uh, you know, simple stuff. And then Orton... They faked you out because everybody in the entire world knew that the finish was going to be attempted phenomenal forearm into RKO. And uh, so AJ, they did a, the great, a great pump fake where Orton jumps up for the RKO and just lands flat and then kind of does a counter and, and then throws him up almost for a back body drop and catches him in the RKO. So yeah, it was a, it was a fun, a great finish. Um, I like seeing ingenuity and, and not doing the most obvious thing. Um, so, and now we've, we've got a WrestleMania direction. Jack Swagger, we talked about last week, uh, that he had apparently asked for his release and he went to book himself on some indie shows in the UK. Well, he's now been pulled from those shows because as it turns out, asking for your release and being granted your release are two different things. And WWE, 
WWE went to the lengths to release a statement last week saying Jack Swagger has not been released. So <laughs> better luck next time, Jack. I don't. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, what kind of jerks they are to. I mean, what are they doing with Jack Swagger? I mean, they might as well have just released him, but because I guess because he he jumped the gun. I mean, it's his. I mean, it's his. I mean, I don't know. There's, nobody comes off looking good in this. He's a he's a dummy, and they're kind of petty. Like nobody looks good in this. Well, like even if he gets his release, there's a ninety day non compete. There's a no compete. I mean, that's just standard. So you don't go right off their TV. You know, not that anywhere else is competition to them, but so you couldn't go right directly from their TV to somebody else's television. Like I don't think that's that's just business. I don't think that's <laughs> I'm not down on the company for for that. And I think it's kind of their it's their MO really that if you want your release you can get your release. I mean I I don't think you know I mean he's already but he's already been off their TV for way more than 90 days. So you could make an argument that they should probably have just let this go. That's that's fair, but at the same time if you haven't been granted a release then maybe don't book yourself. No, you're you're right. like I said nobody looks good in here. Um. All right. I think that's all I have. Do you have anything else, or should we uh, head to the finish? Uh. So the finish is going to be me getting angry. So let's talk about the Hardys real quick. All right. Uh, gun to your head right now. Are they on Raw the night after WrestleMania? Um. <sighs> no. What do you think? No, I think they they had a date even before the ROH stuff happened where I think they said it was like the end of April was when they couldn't take dates anymore. So I could see them waiting a little longer and uh, before coming in. But I do think that either at the 15th anniversary show that's coming up this week, uh, by the time you're listening to it, it'll probably either have already happened or will be happening very soon, uh, the 15th anniversary show. It's the Hardys, I think, was it Rapongi Vice and the Young Bucks in the freeway? And, Correct. And then you've got uh, you got the Hardys and Young Bucks match. That's WrestleMania weekend for Ring of Honor. So in one of those matches, I think the Hardys are just going to drop the belts right back, and then they'll be on their way. But uh, props to you. I uh, gave myself props for, for the scoops on Roman. Uh, props to you for the scoops that scoops with a Z uh, for, for, for calling the Hardys going to ROH. Just want to throw in too. There was an awesome eight man tag on ring of honor television this week. I don't always get to see ring of honor, but say I probably see it about as often as I see SmackDown, which is maybe every other or every third week. Uh, I made a point of watching SmackDown this week for Randy and AJ, but uh, there was an awesome eight man tag between Cody the Bucks Adam Cole and they wrestled uh, the Briscoes Jay Lethal and Bobby Fish that thing was awesome nice great 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 ring of honor main event this week the rest of the show I thought was kind of hot garbage but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I gotta say are you feeling are you feeling Chris Daniels as ROH world champion in 2017 why not? 
it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, to that audience, if you're booking for a hardcore audience, sure, Chris Daniels can be your world champion. Chris Daniels doesn't look his age and hasn't started to show his age in the ring, really. So, sure, why not? Chris Daniels can, can still hang at, at that level. And it's not like it really matters who the Ring of Honor champion is. And O'Reilly's headed to NXT, so sure. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to keep an eye on that. I don't, I've never bu- purchased an ROH pay-per-view. I don't think that's going to uh, change this week. Uh, but I am, uh, I'm more interested in this as, as an ROH show, certainly with the Hardys edition as well as, uh, as, well as, as the main event. I, I'm a really big Christopher Daniels fan, so I'd, I think it would be a very cool moment in front of that Ring of Honor crowd on the on the anniversary show. Um, you know, one of the ROH originals winning the belt. That's who has never had it before. That's a, that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool way to go off the year. So I'm looking I, forward to that. I said I said O'Reilly, who is also going to NXT. I know he's wrestling Cole, and Cole is going to NXT also. But anyway, all right, Dave. <laughs> and you want to talk about AJ and Shane? Okay, um, I've made it clear before what, that I don't want to see this match. No, I, I I don't really know anybody that wants to see this match. And uh, I was talking with you and our friend Brandon and uh, another guy on Twitter uh, the other night about this and how I'm just I'm angry about it. And, and uh, he said, uh, a friend said, you know, no disrespect to Shane, but AJ deserves better. That's all well and good, but. Uh, I absolutely mean disrespect to Shane when I say that it is a travesty that the best wrestler on planet Earth is wrestling Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon sucks. Shane McMahon has always sucked. He's not a good promo. He's not a good wrestler. He can fall off of high things. That's all he's got. He's terrible. He's terrible. He's not a he's still not a good talker. He comes out every week and he says the city's name and they go, hooray, that's where we live. Let's cheer for him. He has a fun song. Watch him do his stupid dance. And now I have to watch that goof wrestle the best wrestler on planet Earth at WrestleMania. That's horse crap, man. That's horse crap. AJ Styles are better. AJ Styles carry that brand. And you want to? I'm, I'm going to cut a, a Miz shoot promo. When John Cena is off making his reality show, AJ Styles is the guy single-handedly making SmackDown watchable. Okay, and yeah, I like Dean Ambrose. I like the Miz, but come on, I wouldn't be watching that show if AJ Styles wasn't on it. And his reward for carrying the show all year is wrestling Shane McMahon, and he's going to have to sell for him. He's going to have to take his stupid punches. He's probably going to have to like take a caustic post, you know, which Shane will probably come up short on and concuss himself all over again. That's another thing. Shane's old now. Not only was he never good, he's not good now, but he's also super freaking old. And he can't <laughs> do the stuff he used to do. He's not even as good an athlete. He wasn't a good athlete before, but now he's even, even worse, at, worse athlete. He concussed himself doing a coast to coast at Survivor Series. So this match is going to be this match is going to be no good. I'm not. Oh, you know, AJ Styles is going to pull it out. Yeah, maybe he will. But at some point in this match, he's going to have to sell for Shane McMahon, and it's going to piss me off, and it's going to ruin everything for me. So unless this match is like 30 seconds long, and AJ Styles wins with a Styles Clash, and then we never see Shane McMahon again, I will not be happy at the end of this match at WrestleMania. I don't care who wins. 
and I cannot believe we are wasting. AJ Styles is like 38 years old. We don't have a ton of AJ Styles main event caliber matches. He's the best wrestler on planet Earth, and we are wasting him with that piece of garbage. Disrespect intended. <laughs> Screw that. Screw nepotism. This guy does not deserve it. Chant, you deserve it at people. He does not deserve to be in the ring with AJ Styles just because his last name is McMahon and he wants to wrestle a popular guy that he thinks will give him a good match. Screw that. Screw Shane McMahon. I'm beyond angry about this. It's so <laughs> dumb. It's so <laughs> dumb. And it's insulting. It's insulting to me, the guy who watches the show all year round. And it's insulting to AJ Styles, who deserves to be main eventing the show for the title. I would be so much happier if this was a three-way. Shane McMahon can wrestle Kurt Hawkins or somebody. I don't care. It's I'm insulted, personally insulted, as someone that put in the time to watch SmackDown all year and watched AJ Styles single-handedly make the show watchable, that he is now being tasked with the albatross of giving Shane McMahon a WrestleMania moment. Screw that. I don't wanna I don't wanna interrupt your flow. You do you do realize this is kind of the same mindset that I just criticized for people having a backlash to Goldberg. What do you think Shane McMahon is Shane McMahon selling tickets to WrestleMania this year? He did last year. Do you think he's selling them this year? Answer the question, please. <laughs> I don't know that he is or he is. I think WrestleMania is going to sell out 60,000 seats regardless of who it is. Right. So, yes, I know some more tickets sold after the Shane Undertaker match was announced, but they were going to sell those tickets anyway, or they would give them away, or whatever. Like, There's a difference five. between selling them and giving them away. He popped, okay, he popped one rating a year ago. People didn't, people didn't start watching SmackDown more once he became the GM of that show. People, more, more people didn't sign up for the network because he was wrestling at Survivor Series, did they? Did they get no. a sudden big giant boom in November? No, but he wasn't positioned in a position to draw on Survivor Series. It's so dumb, man. Don't don't defend this, please. <laughs> I'm so kind of stupid. just trying to play devil's ad- I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here, but I don't necessarily disagree with the points that I'm making. <laughs> I do. He he popped one rating one time a year ago. That doesn't mean anybody gives a crap. And on the, it's a principle thing here, man. It's a principle. And you know what? Okay, fine. I'm the CM Punk that's complaining that I had to drop the title of The Rock right now. Fine. I'm, I'll, have, I'll happily be that guy. Uh, I didn't really take a side. I will make one thing. You said that the fact that they have to go to part-time guys is an indictment of the talent currently. That's what you said about 15 minutes ago. Um, yeah, that's an indictment of how this company books their talent. That's not an indictment of the talent themselves. I don't think that's fair. Well, yes and no. I mean, certainly guys today are not given the creative freedom that people like Steve Austin and Dwayne Johnson were, and they were not booked as logically as guys like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage were. At the same time, I don't know. Our culture is just so fragmented and so segregated is not the right word but our culture or you know our in our entertainment choices and our television everything is so a la carte that i don't know that anyone could be drawing in modern wrestling and but i will concede your point certainly they don't make it easy the way that they very clearly got all butt hurt 
when Dwayne Johnson and Brock Lesnar and Dave Batista left them with their names and went on to do bigger and better things than WWE. And they made a conscious effort to let only one guy become bigger than the brand ever. And everyone else, they would keep at a certain level. They want them to be stars, but not superstars. I think, I think you're right about that. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if my anger's turned to you. It's not, it's not, it's not what this is about. <laughs> I, I'm angry with Shane McMahon. Because, no, it's like, a good pot. Because at least, like, at least The Rock could, like, wrestle and be, have, like, an entertaining match. Shane McMahon had a terrible match at WrestleMania last year because he can't do anything because he's not a wrestler. He can do a coast-to-coast drop kick and he can fall off of high things. And he can't even really do the coast-to-coast thing anymore because he hurt himself doing it at Survivor Series. I, just, I think I think the Survivor Series match is definitely a feather in your cap, the feather in the cap of your argument, because not only did he hurt himself, he hurt other people in that match. He he potato oh, Jericho. Thanks for reminding me. Not only does his offense look terrible, but it also hurts people. That's like a double whammy of suck in wrestling. Your offense looks terrible, and it hurts people. Great job. All right, that's all right. Uh, that was the, that was the big finish. Um, do you have any a moment of zen or a finally this week or anything else that you would uh, like to get off your chest before we uh, wrap it up here? I've become agitated. We should <laughs> we should continue this discourse at a later time. <laughs> that's that's reasonable. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody. And until next time, uh, I'm Ethan. And I'm furious. <laughs> and we'll be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys.
I watched Randy Orton and AJ Styles today. What'd you think? A notch below what I would have expected, but I mean, it wasn't a pay-per-view, so maybe they're saving the good stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, I thought there was, that was the most, like, actual grappling I've seen that have been made of that in a long time. That's probably accurate. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, it, it felt to me like these guys are probably going to wrestle like three or four times on pay per view this year. So we'll save the kicking out of Styles clashes and RKOs and stuff for for then. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, what are we going to talk about tonight? <laughs> Well, we have Fastlane. Right. Whatever happened on Raw. Uh, I guess the Jericho follow-up and Goldberg taking his first bump. Um, I have a poll. I have a couple of polls that I ran this week. Okay. Um, one about if you didn't like Goldberg winning, why? Um, and the other was about if Austin Aries is being wasted on the, the cruiserweight division. So just mention that in passing, I guess, as we run down the pay-per-view, we can just kind of go into the follow-up on raw from everything. And then I guess just touch on SmackDown. And, and then I want to talk about Shane McMahon wrestling, the best wrestler on the planet and how, All right. and how, how angry that makes me. All right. Let me pull up the pay-per-view results so I can, <laughs> Do a semi-professional job here. Uh, but, 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 well, isn't even the pay-per-view Fast Lane? I believe it was called Lonnie Donegan. <laughs> WWE Lonnie Donegan, 2017. And Sasha and Bailey wrestled on Raw, and, ugh, and nobody I hate, cares. I hate, I hate. Well, they didn't exactly wrestle a match that was. Designed to be very dramatic, but I mean, Sasha is wrestling her best friend for a shot at getting into WrestleMania to wrestle for the title. That's, I mean, the I mean, the, how it was built was terrible because it involved Stephanie McMahon coming out and stomping all over everything, and then making the match at the last second, and 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 instead of doing Mick's suggestion of building to it for one week. And then doing the match, she just gave it away for free with no build. So that that crowd usually like as smart crowds go. I like Chicago, but that crowd sucked. I look. I don't want to be mean to your guy Dwayne, but him calling CM Punk has just made this so much worse. I heard so many freaking CM Punk chants on that show, and I just wanted to break my TV. They might have done it anyway. I'm sure they would have done it when Stephanie came out, but I don't know if they would have done it when, like, Joe is wrestling Chris Jericho or the Cruiserweight title match or, you know, five or six other random spots on the show. I don't know. Maybe maybe they would have. Maybe that's just Chicago for you. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's save it for the program. And let us begin the program. <laughs> I didn't realize how angry about that I was until I started talking. No, it's good. It's a good pod. Uh, we went in, we went an hour and ten minutes. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. 
<laughs> no, it's good. That was good. That's good stuff. Like, like I said, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't want to see Shane wrestle AJ. <laughs> I know. And the, I know the principle of what you're saying is if the other guys could draw, like, Goldberg and Rock and everyone, and to an extent Shane, because he did legitimately pop ratings and numbers for a couple of weeks and sell tickets at Mania. That's, you know... Your point, your point is taken, but I'm just, I'm just mad, man. Like, I just, I hate Shane McMahon, man. I hate him. Like, and I don't hate him personally. I don't hate him as a person, but as a wrestling character, he's like the dirt worst. Like I, he's like, he's a different kind of go away heat than like Stephanie, but like, man, I just never want to see him on my television. I try to keep on keeping on.